Hello, welcome to Bible Genetics. Today I'll be going into the Old Testament to see who is God and how has he revealed himself in scripture. So stick around. Thanks. Thank you if you decided to stick around and listen. Today I'll be talking about who is God. Uh, so to start off with this almost impossible task of explaining who God is, um, I want to explain a little bit about my motives behind it. So, to say almost impossible, I mean it's impossible to explain God fully, but we can, by the Holy Spirit, explain what He has revealed about Himself in creation and the inspired Word of God. My driving motivation for this topic is that you would be able to see God in a clear sense and give Him the worship that is due to Him. Our ultimate joy does not come from anything this world has to offer. We'll always be left empty with material things. Our joy comes from being totally satisfied in God. And I'm convinced we must have a right understanding for that to be possible. Now, I, I don't uh, claim to to understand God fully. This is a, a ever-growing sanctification process of, of God revealing himself. Um, so I, I want to make that clear that I'm not claiming that I have reached the ultimate of knowing who God is. Um, but I'm, I'm grieved by how my generation especially has, has presented and viewed God. And, and my prayer is that by His grace, He would reveal Himself to everyone that listens to this. And that you would, you would be able to have a deeper relationship and have more joy in Him through this. So, thanks for sticking around. Um, so, to start off, God is revealed in Scripture as what we call the Trinity. Um, or a triune God. The basic definition of the Trinity is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit has eternally existed as one God. Each is God with distinct personhood, um, yet not separate in being. So we don't serve three separate gods, but we serve one God in three persons. There have been many attempts to try to explain this. Uh, some examples being water in three different states, ice, water, or ice, liquid, steam, or gas. Um, but that puts a physical limitation, quote-unquote, on a spiritual and eternal being. So when, when God says to um, not make anything out of, out of, uh, you know, not make, make anything representing him out of earthly things is because, um, because we, we can't, there's nothing to compare him to that has been created. Um, and so each person of the Trinity, they, all three possess all the attributes and characteristics that, that we define that falls up under God. Examples being omnipotence, omniscience, that's his all-knowing, his all, he's all-powerful, his omnipresence, he's, he's everywhere, 
Um, he's never not anywhere at one time. Um, so they all three possess the, the attributes and characteristics. But we see scripture showing us that each has different roles. And for example, the father did not die on the cross. The father sent the son to die. Yet we still say God took on flesh and became man and died on the cross. The father is God, but he did not die, but the son did. Um, so this is your first time hearing that. It may be a little confusing, um, but it, it even though it's something that we can't fully understand or comprehend, it's not a contradiction, and, and that's very important. Um, it's important to to not believe a, a contradiction. The Christian faith never asks ask you to to believe in a contradiction. Um, so let's dive into to some scripture. So Genesis one one, classic beginning. Uh, this is this is the 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 Bible, the beginning of the Bible. Genesis one one says, "In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth." So we see that the name for God is Elohim uh, in in Hebrew. And just to to put this out there, I'm not a uh, Hebrew or Greek scholar. I don't. Um, the the information that I that I have on any Hebrew or Greek comes from other scholars. So I want to make that clear. I don't. I'm not a language expert. Um, but we see that the name for God, as I said, is Elohim, which is plural. Yet the verb for created in that is bara, or in the southern language bara however you want to say it is singular so we see in the first verse of our bible of scripture that he is revealing himself as triune god it doesn't clearly say triune you know we, we haven't fully got that picture but he's revealing something about him about himself so we see in the next verse the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Okay, so there is some arguments made by Jehovah's Witnesses that do make the claim that when it talks about the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit or His Spirit, um, that this is an impersonal being, that it's more like a, a force. Um, and I hope in future podcast episodes, and also hopefully in today, that I hope to demonstrate that that is false. So we see that a couple verses down, when it goes through the, the creation account, um, and it says, talking about when, when God created man, it says, let us make man in our image. It's verse 26. Um according to our likeness so there's another argument that is out there that is saying that god wasn't talking to the, the trinity the other persons in the trinity but that he was talking to angels 
there's a couple things wrong with that though the angels in scripture are never referred to as being made in the image of or likeness of god so when he's saying let us make man in our image according to our likeness if he was talking to angels then then he wouldn't be he wouldn't be he would be saying in your image or in your likeness not our likeness so I think that that kind of self-defeated, self-defeating argument, if you want to call it that. And so also, it says, let us make. Well, we never see angels as creating things in Scripture. They're, they're created beings. They're the ones that have been created. Um, so we, we, we have to conclude that uh, this passage was speaking, that this is talking about God, one God, but there, there's conversation in between that Godhead, uh, different members of the triune Godhead. Um, so also, there is another, in Genesis, uh, Genesis 3, verse 22, it says, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, to know good and evil. And this is after... Adam and Eve fell. They they took up the fruit, um, and this is after God pronounces judgment. He says, "You will return to the ground, for out of it you are taken. For dust you are; to dust you shall return." Um, and we see also just a little side note in verse twenty-one. We see a picture of of a sacrifice being made to cover. It says, also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. So he, even in judgment, even in, even in casting them out of the garden, you know, he, he had every right to just destroy Adam and Eve. Uh, but he graciously provided skin. He, he provided a covering for them, and that is pointing us to the ultimate covering that that we can receive in Jesus where his blood covers every sin past present and future and so the the skin just didn't come out of nowhere right the skin was something had to be killed something had to be be sacrificed in the place of covering something else so a little side note I wasn't planning on, on saying that but um so yeah, we see in 22, he says that, Behold, the man has become like one of us. So, um, another, another, to me, another clear picture of God's uh, triune nature. So, a couple more Old Testament um, scriptures I wanted to go into. Isaiah 6. Isaiah 6 is talking about when he saw the vision of Jesus. And um, it says, let me find my place. By the way, I'm reading out of the New King James Version. Um, so I'll read a little bit in verse 5. He said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. 
Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it, and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your iniquity is taken away, and your sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then Isaiah said, Here I am, or here am I, send me. So, we see that he heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Okay, so, we'll go stay in Isaiah. And it's in Isaiah 48, verses 16 through 17. And this is pretty, this is a pretty hard to dispute um, passage. It says, Come near to me, hear this. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning. From the time that it was, I was there. And now the Lord God and his spirit have sent me. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer. So right there we see, and now the Lord God and his spirit have sent me. And this is talking, this is also a, a prophecy of Jesus. Um, but this is talking, Jesus speaking. Now the Lord God and his spirit have sent me. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. So Jesus is referring to himself as the Lord your God and the Lord your Redeemer. And I've heard different arguments around that. Um, I don't think it really, really holds any water, but uh, to me that... It's just, it's just an amazing, it's a prophecy of Jesus, but it's just an amazing, clear picture of Jesus, you know, from the time that was, I was there, the Lord God, which is his Father and his Spirit, the Holy Spirit have sent me, and he's the Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, and he is also the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you. By the way, you should go. Um, so there, there are many more verses that refer to God being triune. I don't want to make this a super long episode, but I did want to mention also Deuteronomy six verses or verse four. And this is this is a verse that a lot of people will use to try to uh, stump believers in in the trinity and it says hear o israel the lord our god the lord is one okay so just face value that you know people can say that you know and just throw that out uh, without knowing context knowing what what it's trying to say and, and even going into like the hebrew um, and i think this this is very important to say and again I'm not a language expert, so I am borrowing this. Um, but the word one in this verse is echad. It's E-C-H-A-D. It's echad. Like, and I, the, the C-H is, I can't make that noise. So 
it's not pronounced like that, but it's E-C-H-A-D. And this is a word that it doesn't necessitate singularity. So when Adam and Eve, they become one flesh, the word that is used for that is a cod, right? So in other words, Adam and Eve, they're two separate, uh, two separate people, um, but it's, it uses that word to communicate one flesh as in unity, right? So we see it doesn't require us to to make that to mean that that um, you know just a a wooden literal interpretation that the Lord is one, right? Which He is, but not in the way that people want to say that He is. So the other Hebrew word that could have been used or deployed here that would necessitate singularity is excuse my pronunciation yakid it's y a c h i d so but we don't have that we don't have that word used here so the, this verse is just simply stating that we serve one god and not a plurality of gods um there's you know there's many religions that that do follow many many different gods uh, millions of gods but the lord is saying that he is one god and to believe in the trinity that's not a contradiction so the next video or video the next podcast episode that i want to do i want to dive into a little bit in the new testament this was just strictly old testament and it wasn't very deep but i just wanted to give uh, give some basic outlines, um, different reasons why Christians believe in the Trinity, and I hope this helps anybody that may be struggling with that, and again, like I said in the beginning, I hope this deepens your faith, deepens your relationship with the Lord, and, uh, if you don't have that relationship, if you don't have, um, if you can't, can't look and, and see that, there's a point in time when you turned from the way that you were living and decided to follow Jesus and you started desiring to obey his commands and, and live a life that is holy and pleasing to him and I welcome you to do that I welcome you to to turn from from your sins this is take this as an, as in a sense of God reaching out to you right now and and asking you to come in i'm not claiming to be be god i know that may have sounded weird but but he he speaks through his people and, and it says that he desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth and so when you hear my voice say that then then listen incline incline your ear and and don't don't turn away don't turn away from it the word says that today is a day of salvation so don't neglect such a great salvation because there's a perfect Savior who will take away your sins. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And his name is Jesus. And if you call upon his name today, he promises that you will be saved. You will be set free. And as he promised the thief on the cross, today if you were to die, you would be with him in paradise. So I welcome you to do that today. I pray that you would do that today, and thank you for sticking around and listening. God bless.